The information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a qualified licensed professional counselor or a qualified licensed medical provider. Hello and welcome back to another session of the Evolving Chair Podcast with your host, Lakeisha. I am having such a great weekend, not doing a lot. Um, I really spent the weekend um, just trying to prep for 2018 and what I'm expecting with my private practice, the Evolving Chair Counseling and Consulting Agency, and the podcast. Um, I want to do some different things and and change it up for you guys. So I, I really hope you guys continue to bear with me through this evolution of the Evolving Chair podcast. But today I have a very special guest, the beautiful and talented Letitia Carr. She coins herself as a dream advocate and she's a life coach and she also has her master's in is it psychology or counseling I have a master's in counseling. Counseling. So, you know, I'm all about that. So, like, every time I see somebody with their master's in counseling or psychology, I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, I, I love it. I love it. Um, and she has a business called Where Do You Dream? And she also has a podcast um, entitled Dreams of a Viewer. Um, let's just, do you want to say hi to the TC listeners? Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on uh, your show, Lakeisha. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> of course. Yes. Before we start, um, I want to do a little icebreaker with you. Um, now, Leticia, what is a motto or quote that you live your life by? Oh, that's such a good question. So my favorite scripture is all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Um, so <laughs> that is the, a motto that I go by. Um, but I also have my own personal little mottos that I go by here and there. So mm -hmm. like this year, um, I've been really focusing on dream outside of fear. That's something that I always focus on because I believe that, you know, once you get outside of fear, the possibilities are endless. So that's one of my favorite personal mottos. Yes, I love that. I love that. And that was um, what I definitely read on um, your website. And then you mm. um, had interviews and that was something that they quoted. And I was like, I love that dream outside of fear. Like, <laughs> I, I just I love everything about it. Um, and I thought, too, it will be really cool to have you on because you you everything um I've read you talk about just living out your passion and dreaming you know um and and, and um coining it that it's your god-given right to live your best life so fulfilling out your purpose and your passion and I came across an article um in personal finance and it talked about 98 percent of people die without fulfilling their dream mm -hmm. and I thought you would be somebody really great <laughs> to also add to that because you definitely um you motivate everybody on Facebook whether you know them personally or they're just your Facebook friends I know um a few weeks ago you posted something about what is something that you may need support in and I'm trying to remember I think it was just um growing my fan base for my podcast and you know you were like so how can I support you in that <laughs> and I was just like oh man like she's for real like because you literally went in when somebody responded and you went in personally and responded to each person Person. So how can you support them? And I love that because it, it's showing too, um, although we may be in the same lanes and certain things we do, you're not afraid to help somebody else get to where they're trying to go. So I love that people supporting people. Um, yes. So can you tell us what is a dream advocate? Because I just love that, that you call yourself a dream advocate. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm actually a believer that everybody deserves to live their best life. Um, and so when I say I'm a dream advocate, I mean, I'm advocating for people to live their best life, live whatever their dreams and their hearts desire um, is, because it's. I, I really thought of that um, when I started my, my web, well, my blog, Where Do You Dream, initially, because I was working in a mental health um, facility in a residential program that was dual recovery. So mm -hmm. mental health illness and substance abuse recovery. And what I realized is that like people's idea of living their best life is going to be different depending on what their circumstances are or what you know what they've been through like some people just want to be sober and mm. that's like a dream life is like sobriety and seeing their family yeah. versus somebody else who might be like I want to you know move to California or like um, vacation in Fiji and like whatever it is that's going to make you happy is what I'm an advocate for I'm not an advocate for like doing the biggest you know big shiny object thing but whatever it is that's going to make you happy I'm going to advocate for you to do that and mm -hmm. I've been that way for a long time but um, so I started using the term dream advocate for that reason because I really do advocate for people no matter who you are whatever your dream is like I'm not going to discourage you from doing uh, what you love and sometimes I, and I always tell people even if you're like <laughs> the local rapper that can't get on like maybe you're <laughs> the one showing maybe you're showing little kids like you know how to get in the studio or like mm. there's so many different ways to fulfill your dreams that doesn't necessarily have to be the exact you know like yeah. go to the NFL or whatever <laughs> like you can you can like still fulfill your dreams even if something doesn't work out exactly how it goes so um yeah I'm really passionate about that I really really get excited about other people's dreams and goals and I know that people probably say that a lot but I really mean it I literally get so hyped I'm like yes and you could do, I get more hype than they do sometimes and they're like calm down it was just an idea and I'm like no but you could do it yeah. um, <laughs> I love it so um that's the kind of friend I've been that's the kind of family member I've been and so like now that's the kind of life coach I am too that I'm really excited and pumped up for whatever it is that you want to do with your life and with your goals awesome and now Letitia can you tell us how was it growing up like with you having those dreams were they um encouraged or do you feel like people didn't back you and so now you're so um adamant about helping other people pursue their dreams and passions you know what? Actually, I had a very, very, so my grandmother raised me, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, part of my background and my story is my mother actually has schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. And so my, my grandmother raised me my whole life. Um, she was 70 years old when I was born. Like, yeah. and you would think that someone who's like seven in their seventies, like you would grow up with them kind of like trying to like, uh, shelter you or like want you to do something super safe or something like that. But really my grandmother was so support. My grandmother and my aunt, Teresa, um, my mom's one of my mom's sisters, um, helped raise me. And like, they were just always so supportive, anything I wanted to do, like anything, like I could be like, I want to go to the moon and they would be supportive <laughs> of that. Um, so I didn't grow up in a household without, you know, cheerleaders. I tell people mm -hmm. all the time, I'm not a person that's short on cheerleaders. People believe in me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's that sometimes it's been that I didn't believe in myself and other people believed in me more. They other people see things in me that I don't see in me. Um, so I'm not, I'm not one of those people who does that, you know, all my friends don't support me or my family doesn't support me. That's not my, um, that's not my, uh, story, but, mm -hmm. um, but for me, I think, um, growing up because I had so much support and so much, um, so many people who wanted to see me doing well. Mm -hmm. That's how I got really excited about other people's stuff too. My grandma was always really excited about what I was doing. My aunt was always really excited about what I was doing. Um, so I just kind of, 
I guess vicariously learned how to be excited for other people's lives um, <laughs> through them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like growing up. I was always very, very much supportive. I was always told I was like the most beautiful girl and I was mm-hmm. so smart. So so I was always very much encouraged. So um, with all my goals, I literally I think I was 17 uh, 17. Yeah, I broke my leg. I broke my femur mm. bone when I was 17, my senior year of high school. And um, I couldn't walk like the whole first semester of my senior year of high school. So I wasn't even in school. Um, but that January, I got an opportunity to get this job, this internship, and I was going to go to New York. Mm-hmm. And I, I had just been able to like walk on two feet. Like I promise you, I had like was on a walker, wheelchair. I like had everything. Um, and I thought my grandma was going to be like, absolutely not, girl. You like I just thought my family would be like, girl, you just learned how to walk again. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Go to New York. And they were like go like this is your opportunity like you know so I like got on a plane by myself for the first time like I was scared because I thought I was gonna buzz going through the um thing because I have a metal rod in my leg (laughs) so um yeah it was just like times like that I went to California when I was 18 by myself and Mm -hmm. like just like all of those chances to kind of explore were given to me so I was very much supported in that Mm, I love that I love that definitely a great support system for you so I love that and now your your business is where do you dream but you mentioned that it started as a blog so tell us how did it come into fruition from a blog to a business then a podcast um yeah so so actually what was going on is I was having uh, when I turned 25, I had what I call a quarter life crisis. Mm-hmm. And I was just like falling apart. I felt like I was failing at life. Like I had getting, been getting A's and B's in school my entire life. And then I graduated and I just felt like a failure. Oh. Um, and so I was at the airport going to Vegas, which sounds like a really fun story. But <laughs> I was at the airport going to Vegas and I just started crying. I just was like, falling apart um Mm -hmm. and I was by myself and so for whatever reason the idea of starting a blog came into my mind at that time I have no clue why I don't even think blogging was that popular at that time um this was 2014 so I guess it was kind of popular but I didn't know anybody who was a blogger um and because I was traveling I was like oh I can start a travel blog because I'll just travel everywhere and like it'll be so much fun and Mm -hmm. so the where do you dream actually came from like oh I'm about to like go to Vegas and I thought it was going to be like you know a traveling blog (laughs) and that is just not what it turned into it ended up being an inspirational blog I was like kind of really like encouraging myself out of that dark spot Mm -hmm. um and also in the meantime kind of like showing other people like you know you can get out of this too. And like, Mm. um, and so where do you dream really has developed itself. It was just like dropped into my sphere and I used it. Um, and (laughs) yeah, it really wasn't like an, I thought I was going to make a travel blog and it turned into something totally different. So, um, it's just a name that dropped into my spirit. But as I kind of like am developing, I realized God speaks to me in my dreams. And like, I do always have a lot of like goals and dreams and those kind of things. So it was just something that dropped into my spirit that was perfect. Mm. I love that. And then how did it transition from where it's no no longer just a blog, but now? Yeah, so I started going to a lot of workshops and different things during that time. Um, I was going to writing workshops. I was mm-hmm. going to women's empowerment events and stuff like that. And I was seeing other people who were my age, like who were doing it, like just mm-hmm. living their best life. And I was okay. like, girl, you can do it too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so... <laughs> That's how I think. Girl, you can do it too. I love that. Um, so nonchalantly, like, girl, you ain't not. 
<laughs> that's like my life. My life is so nonchalant. Um, so yeah, so I was, I um, was like, okay, like I started thinking about doing a business and I started thinking like, what do I like to do? I actually knew I wanted to be a life coach. Like mm. when I got my bachelor's degree, but my mentor was like a life coach. What's that? Like, girl, if you don't go get this master's degree and become a therapist. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> but so I, I thought about it and I decided I wanted to do coaching. And then mm-hmm. I just decided that it just made sense. Like um, people kind of already knew where do you dream? Um, like people close to me knew where do you dream? I just transitioned very easily into it. Then I started podcasting last year um, and it just made sense to keep with the dreamers theme mm-hmm. uh, for that as well. So I, it really kind of transitioned pretty, pretty easily. I love it. I love it. And then transitioned into the Where Do You Dream, where you actually do the one-on-one consulting mm-hmm. and you do workshops and um, yes, you, you go speak. So Yeah, um, it really turned into like my own little dream. And I and mm. to be honest, I, when I started the blog, I had no clue. Like I, had, I was literally crying in the airport. I didn't have any, any clue mm. of what it would turn into. But I'm grateful that, you know, God dropped that in my spirit and mm. constantly kind of gave me those signs like you're on the right path. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Mm. Um, so, yeah, where do you dream has been? It's just so many meanings to it now that were not the original intention. It just it's like, you know, where are you going with your goals and your dreams? What are you what are you where what are you striving for? Like where do you dream like physically? Like are you in, you know, on the beach? Are you hmm. so it's just so many different ways to look at it that I've just kind of developed as I've kind of grown into the name. I just grew into the name, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and but I'm so thankful for it. Awesome. And now, um, Letitia, to go back to that space you were in where um, you were just feeling really down and out. I don't know if it was like the feelings of hopelessness, um, like it was nothing more for you to feel like you can do. And and I know you mentioned that your mom um, was diagnosed with schizophrenia. At what point did it ever play for you in your head to be like, oh, shoot, you know, will I be diagnosed um, with the mental health illness or you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah so I always had a fear of turning 28 mm-hmm. I'm 28 now mm-hmm. um, so mm-hmm. at that time I, I my father had depression my mom has has schizophrenia um, at that time I was feeling hopeless but I just was like not going to allow myself to go down that path I just mm-hmm. knew better mm-hmm. um, I knew I had to figure something out mm. um, so yeah, I mean, I I always had a fear of turning 28 because that's actually growing up. That's the, how old my mom, when I was told every, the story was that my mom was 28 when she was diagnosed. Mm, um, so yeah. I always had this fear growing up of like turning 28. For some reason, I just thought that that was going to be the, like the day I turned 28, everything was going to fall apart. And so I was 25 at the time I was having this like quarter life crisis. And I was like, you got to get it together, girlfriend. Like Mm -hmm. right now, um, my grandmother had passed away prior to that. My father had passed away prior to that. I had a breakup. It was like so many things going wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, you know, these are all, you know, and because I have the mental health background, I was working in mental health. I kind of just knew that I couldn't let myself sit in that Mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. Um, so thankfully, I kind of knew like some mm-hmm. coping skills, like writing was a coping skill yeah. for me. Talking to my friends was a coping skill for me. Um, just kind of finding ways to express myself mm-hmm. um, were were practical coping skills for me. Um, so thankfully, I had that because I was, to be honest, like worried about the mental health piece. And I still do worry about it from time to time. And I'm very cognizant about how um, how I am reacting to things. I know when it's 
gets cold outside, I uh, start feeling a little more depressed. And then I'm like, okay, you need to take a trip. Mm. Like you need to go somewhere (laughs) with some sunshine immediately. Um, So just being really aware of that um, is one thing that I I try to pay a lot of attention to. Mm. I love that. I love that. Oh, thank you for sharing that too. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure, you know, it's definitely um, more people that can relate to that, especially um, having a parent diagnosed with a mental health illness. And, you know, right, your fear was, Lord, now maybe skip skip over 28. Let's go to 29. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I was rebuking it, like rebuking it. And like now my prayers are like to break a generational curse. Like mm-hmm. I promise you, it's like yeah. a major like focal point in my prayers mm-hmm. um, now. So. Yeah. Awesome. And now with with you, you doing the life coaching, being other people's biggest supporters, has there ever been a point where you fell into the imposter syndrome? And, you know, for people that may not know what it is, imposter syndrome is a concept describing individuals who are marked by an inability to internalize their own accomplishments and persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. Now, has there ever been a time where you felt like an imposter and, you know, uh, fell into that imposter syndrome feeling? Girl, yes, all the time, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to lie. Like I have one of the one of my uh, accountability partners. um, She and I just talked about this and she's like, you have a master's degree. You have this, you have that. Mm. And I'm like, sometimes I still feel like I'm not you know, whatever. And, but I've learned to kind of stop doing that to myself. I've um, actually told them I was going to start practicing, like looking in the mirror and saying like, just running down my accomplishments. Like Mm. from the time I was in kindergarten, like you've had straight A's and A's and B, you've been on honor roll your whole life or like, you know, just kind of like giving, giving myself that feedback of like, cut it out. You're not an imposter. Like you are who you are. And, and one of the things that really helps me is feedback that I get from other people, Mm. even like unintentionally, like, Mm. like somebody will comment on my Facebook, like, Oh my God, you're so inspiring, inspiring. And I'm like, okay, you're not an imposter. You really (laughs) are this person. Um, But you know, I have to be honest about it because I think sometimes people think that just because you are helpful to other people, you support other people, you care about other people that you don't still fall into those limited beliefs. Mm. Um, And I definitely have been a person who has fallen into those limiting beliefs, but I'm just learning, you know, as I grow older um, to, to kind of just stop myself from, from that. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Now, what, what kind of um, techniques would you be able to give somebody who is, who finds themselves feeling like an imposter, albeit, you know, their accomplishments or just what they offer um, definitely does help people. And, you know, they aren't an imposter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody and every everybody who has imposter syndromes, they're never the imposter. There are people who are imposters, mm-hmm. but they never feel that way. About <laughs> you said they don't feel that. <laughs> they don't feel that way at all. I mean, I will. I mean, I'll just leave it alone. I was going to take it somewhere else. But there's people we all clearly know are just not supposed to be where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the two of the tools I'll give to one of them is to sit down and you have to do this for yourself. Do the things that you have accomplished in life. Um do the things you've accomplished in life, write them all down and then read them, like look in the mirror and read them to yourself. Um, so whether that, and I mean like from the smallest, which you may consider small things, because a lot of times we think, oh, you know, I just did this. I just, especially mm-hmm. as women, like well, yes. just is our favorite word as women. And it's not just, you did this, you did that. Yes. Um, so writing out a list of your accomplishments all through your life, like 
your entire life <laughs> and writing out all of those things and then sitting down and really letting that sink in for yourself, reading them to yourself, um, doing a voice memo on your phone. Like if you have iPhone, there's like voice memo you can do and just like reading off those things and listen back to that. It's probably going to be like an hour long, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's one, one tool, um, to use or um, also on a day-to-day basis when you wake up in the morning sometimes we make up stories in our head Um, and so I was you know one of the things I tell people to do is write out the things that are coming to your head as I am statements so maybe Mm. you think I am a liar I am a cheater and like these things that we make up in our head based off of like whatever has happened in the past write those things out and then go through them and the question I ask, and you could do it one of two ways. Like you can say, is this an interpretation or is this a fact? Mm. Am I interpreting this about myself or is this a fact about me? Um, or you can say, would my best friend say this about me? Or would my grandmother say this about me? Whoever the most important person in your life is, would they say that thing you're saying about yourself? Um, and then mark it out. If it's if it's not a fact about you, like I'm a 28-year-old black woman, that's a fact about me, right? <laughs> that's not an interpretation. That right. one can stay, but I am um, I am not good enough or whatever. Like that's an interpretation. That's not a fact. Um, so just going through those and like really internalizing that these things are not true about yourself and doing that every day um, to keep yourself present to who you are and your power and like all the things that you are capable of in this world. Mm, I love that. I love that. And now um, some, we know some people struggle with trying to figure out what are they purpose to do? What have they been called to do? Um, what are their gifts? But how can people begin to process or identify what they are called to do? Mm, that's a good question. Um, so I always say we all already know what it is. People probably have been telling us our whole life mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we probably just thought it was just like, oh, you know, like we shrug everything off, especially as women, (laughs) like especially as women, we shrug everything off. Um, So for me, my purpose in life is to help other people live their best life. Um, I'm I'm called on this earth to support support myself and support others and live in their best life. And I only know that because even as a kid, I always wanted to help people, right? I mm-hmm. always wanted to see people be okay. I wanted, mm-hmm. always wanted to see people um, do well in school. I always wanted to help people with their homework. Or my grandma would call me Florence Nightingale. She said, "You'll get yourself into trouble to help other people." Uh-huh. And so, to me, that's just like, oh, that's just who I am, right? Mm, but yes. it took me a long time to realize that's a gift. That's like that is a gift. That's not everybody's actually not that way. Um, so take time to really look at the things that people have been telling you your whole life, the, you know, those things that you're just naturally good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because sometimes your passion leads into your purpose, maybe, maybe you're passionate about helping people, but that might not be your purpose, but that can lead into your purpose. Um, so find it, so finding that thing. Um, and then, and then just trying it. I think, I think there's no like light bulb mo- moment necessarily to finding your purpose, but there's no like exact formula, but when you start doing things and start like walking <laughs> um, <laughs> into the things that you love and like mm-hmm. doing things that are meaningful to you, it's going to click like what your purpose is. Um, I don't have a magic formula for it, but that's my suggestion to people is to start doing those things that you love and start looking at them within like with a more in- with more intention. Um, and you'll start to see kind of where things are connecting towards your purpose. 
Mm, yeah, I love that. And now when people do have their passion and their dreams, um, what would you say are the top three keys for them to successfully live out their dream? Oh, okay. Top three keys of successfully living out your dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think trusting it. Trusting mm-hmm. is the first thing. You have to trust that that thing um, is sustainable. Um, trusting that um, that God didn't give it that to you on accident or it's not like a fluke. Um, so trusting that. Um, I'm obviously a very faith-based person. I'm like always talking about God. Um, But I do believe that you have to be faithful. Um, So asking for what the next steps are, um, asking, asking to be led to people who can help you in your purpose, because your purpose doesn't necessarily mean like by yourself. Um, And it doesn't mean that you have to like figure everything out on your own. There's, there's going to be people strategically placed into your life to help you fulfill, um, your purpose in life. Um, so being faithful, having trust. Um, and then the third key would be, um, to dream outside of fear. I guess that would be the mm-hmm. best thing. It's like, don't let fear take you down. Um, don't let fear, um, or the, the idea of comfort, uh, stop you from going for what you believe is yours. I love that. I love that. That was a great question. <laughs> I love those top three keys. Um, so, oh, so w- with you, of course, you know, I love everything that has to do with um, people living their best life and just evolving into their best self. Um, and the fact that you have a degree in mental health um, <laughs> counseling. So, you know, that's just a plus. So how do you intertwine those two? So helping people um, complete their dreams or live out their passions while yet still having a love for mental health, mental wellness. So how do you, how are you able to intertwine the two at any point? Um, so that's a good question. It took me a little while to figure out that that's what I was doing was intertwining mm. those because <laughs> it's just uh, one of those things that just kind of comes naturally to me. I have to realize that that's not necessarily um, natural to everybody else. So mm-hmm. um, when you grow up in a household when there, where there's like, mental health disorder like the idea of mental health is kind of always top of mind just Mm. like it's just always there so I'm always always advocating for people's self-care so another part of what I do is helping people who um, may have be already in their purpose and passion um or and you know kind of just in grind mode create Mm -hmm. self-care plans for themselves um so I am an advocate for self-care and paying attention to your well-being um so I intertwine that a lot into like the coaching that I do um and like just because you may not be at a place that you think you are deserving of something Mm -hmm. like I have a lot of questions a lot of conversations about uh, being deserving, mm. which um, ties into the mental health stuff too. Mm-hmm. But like, you are deserving of what you're, you know, what you want to do. It's not, you know, it's not the, um, it's not like you have to earn it. Um, mm. it you are deserving. Um, so I have a lot of those kind of questions. Uh, so, and I'm also an advocate for life coaches. So I know there's sometimes this like conversation about life coaching versus therapy, and I'm, a, <laughs> I, yeah. I know it exists, and because I kind of like come from both worlds Mm -hmm. I decided I didn't want to do therapy Mm. but I'm very cognizant about like I know what like um red flags are so I I look to find therapists that I can partner with or like that I can refer people to and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. because I'm not looking to do therapy with people I'm not really 
um, my intention with working with people is not to heal them versus therapy is, you know, about the healing piece of it. So I look, that's one of the ways I um, intertwine is that I pay a lot of attention to red flags. And like, if I need to say, Hey, maybe you should talk to a therapist. I have absolutely no problem doing that. Um, And I think that is one of the, uh, the advantages of having a mental health background or having a degree in mental health is being aware of those things. Because every life coach does not necessarily have a background in mental health. I know people who are like coming from PR fields and things like that. They don't have that same um, mm-hmm. that same base knowledge like I do. And I have a basic knowledge of um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like. I can't think of the word I'm looking for right now, but I have a basic understanding of mm-hmm. um, what's appropriate. There we go. What's appropriate for therapy versus what's appropriate for coaching. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit different too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you touched on that, um, on, on the difference. Cause I think, you know, especially in um, our community, cause we see it on um, TV shows, reality TV mm-hmm. shows, you know, um, people are more inclined to be like, well, I'm going to a life coach, but you see them breaking down and you be like, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> you need a therapy. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And that, you know, it, to be honest and like, I want people to hear this because mm-hmm. um, I, I, it's a pet peeve of mine of when there's life coaches who don't have like a mental health or some kind of psychology or any kind of background like that, that are saying that they're out here helping people to heal. And I'm like, that's not your training. That's not mm. your space. Um, and so it's kind of like I, I understand where the therapists are coming from, mm-hmm. like that are like, yeah. wait, you need a therapist, not a coach. And I'm like, yeah, they need a therapist, not a coach um, first. <laughs> or, you know, you can have both. I had a therapist this year. I had I started with my therapist in January. I still was in coaching and stuff like that. Like, it's OK to have more than one support. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm just a huge advocate that people get the correct um, support that they need in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um so, so yeah, I definitely, um, you know, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on the like cusp because people think because I have a mental health background that I am a therapist and I'm like, no, let me make this very clear. I'm not doing therapy with you. <laughs> I actually don't want to, I have no desire to do therapy with you. <laughs> with you. So, right. You're like, no, <laughs> no, maybe, maybe in a couple of years I'll go back onto that side or like, you know, merge the two yeah. or whatever, but yeah. that's just not where I'm at right now. <laughs> but I but I think it's good that you know that because I you know I don't think many um life coaches are aware of that and maybe it's to a difference because you have that foundation that knowledge about mental health um mental illness um and, and you know you can see the signs you know and it's not yeah. just like oh you'll be fine <laughs> Let's well there's continue that moving forward. <laughs> and and you know what coaching like <laughs> life coaching is so uh, so uh, it's not new at coaching mm-hmm. coaching's not new but it's not as regulated as most other professions but the thing that i know is like a life coach um if you're ever going to hire a life coach ask them what kind of training they've been through mm-hmm. if they have been through any training okay. um cuz i actually went through a life coach training program that was a year long and it was a transformational based coaching program and it focused a lot on your own transformation so that you're not putting your stuff on other people which is something you learn in mm-hmm. um yeah. grad school for counseling too yeah. um but in the in the um so the International Coaching Federation ICF is one of the like accrediting um, organizations for life coaches or for coaches, mm-hmm. um, and in their 
um, like in the credentials to be certified through them is that you recognize when something is outside of your you know, sphere of understanding or beyond what you can help people with. So you're supposed to explain to people what the difference between coaching and therapy and consulting is, because all three of those things are different. Um, A consultant is going to tell you what to do. (laughs) A therapist is going to, you know, kind of help you through some things and help you heal through things and do that kind of thing. And a coach is kind of like the person who's off the court, like helping you see your gaps and like doing that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. there's some differences and they overlap in some different ways. But a good life coach um, should be able to tell you the difference between the three and know when something is outside of their lane. Mm. Um, But, you know. I should, I'm giving that spiel so that people are like, okay, like, you know, like a good life coach should be able to tell you that. So no shade to anybody, but that's, that's facts. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, that's, that's definitely true. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. And now, um, Letitia, how do you keep yourself healthy physically, mentally, and spiritually? Oh yeah. So I have a self-care plan, so I don't just help other people's self-care plans. I have one and I have been using mine for like three years too. Um, So I have a whole plan of what I do daily. So I journal every single day. Um, I write out um, kind of what I'm thankful for, what my wins for the day are. I really try to speak life over myself a lot um, as far as like my emotional and mental well-being. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like listen to, I like record these declarations and like affirmations and things. And I listen to those daily. Mm-hmm. Um, physically, this is where I slip up a little bit. <laughs> um, physically, you know, I, I go to the gym, I work out, um, trying to keep my, you know, keep your mind clear mm-hmm. in that kind of way. Um, and get out those frustrations of the day. Um, I'm also vegetarian. I don't eat meat. Okay. So I, um, that's been really helpful for me. Not the chicken and turkey. I don't really see a difference from giving them chicken and turkey, but I haven't eaten beef and pork for like over five years. And that made a huge difference physically Mm -hmm. for me, just how I feel. I'm not as sluggish, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not advocating for people to be vegetarian. I'm just saying like there's certain things that make your body actually feel better or worse. Um, And yeah, so I, I try to make sure I pay a lot of attention. I make sure that I once a month I'm spending time with my friends, like intentionally. Mm. Um, I have like, I'm like, okay, guys, it's Friends Day. Like, you're, we're going <laughs> to go do friend that. activities. Because, you know, af- after a certain age, you start getting busy and you don't necessarily get to keep up with your friends. Um, but I make sure that we try to get together at least once a month. Um, so that's one of my favorite things I do for like my well-being is like making sure I spend time with my friends. I love that. Yes. And can you let the listeners know where can they find you? So they've heard you on the Evolving Chair podcast and they're like, yes, I want to hear more of her. (laughs) So where can they find you and connect? Yeah. So um, on Instagram, I'm Letitia.car. So it's Letitia period car. Um, And then on Facebook, you can just search my name, Letitia Carr. I have a page there that you can um, like and follow that kind of keeps up with my info that I'm up to. Um, On Twitter, I'm at Letitia Carr. And then, of course, you can find everything um, about me at or on my website, LetitiaCarr.com. Yes, I love that. I love that. And um, before you go, because I know you're having your friends giving. <laughs> yes. So they're probably like, girl, you better come in here and eat. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. Um, I had two today, though, so oh, I've yeah. already eaten. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so if you can give us a few tips to help people who are those visionaries and not necessarily those doers, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience because I believe I have great visions for what I envision things in my life to be, but you know, getting it done, um, <laughs> I'm waiting to like the last minute and don't really, yeah, <laughs> I need, I need more of that follow through to execute my visions. Yeah, so uh, my tips would be, my, my first tip would be to get around action-oriented people. So finding people who are not like you, finding people who are not necessarily just a visionary, but are doers. So making sure to get around the people who you see are executing on a lot of ideas, because those are the people who are going to be able to help hold you accountable to getting done the things that you want to get done. Because when you're a visionary, it is so easy to just have all these big picture dreams and then not know how to get to them. Um, so get around some doers and then uh, for your own accountability, also um, finding ways to break down what you want to do into smaller bite size um, things that you could do. So write out the, the bigger picture. What is the big vision that you want to get done? Do you want to um, create a uh, podcast? We'll use podcast, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. You want to create a podcast. Why? And then write out why you want to do it. Because the thing is, when you write out your why, it holds you personally accountable. Because if you say, I want to <laughs> create this podcast to help other people live their best life. And, you know, and then it's like you're being selfish if you don't put it out there, right? Yeah. Um, so writing out your why. And then breaking it down into smaller pieces that are like attainable. So to start a podcast, you would need to like first figure out how you're going to record. Do you want to record on your phone? Do you want to record in the studio? Are you going to have a partner? Like figure out those bite-sized things to work your way up to actually getting the podcast recorded, it, recorded, getting it out onto SoundCloud or iTunes or whatever it is. Because sometimes we just have these big pictures and we get overwhelmed by mm -hmm how big they are and not realizing that if we broke it down into tangible pieces that we could actually get it done. Um, to give you an example, I wanted to do a conference um, this year and I didn't even know it was going to be a conference. It turned into a conference, but I knew I wanted <laughs> to do a live event and have speakers and do that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so that seemed like a really big feat, but I actually ended up being able to plan that in about six weeks because I wow. broke it down like, I was like, okay, here's the date. I'm going to have to do it by my birthday because I've already sent out text messages telling my line <laughs> sisters to be here <laughs> on that weekend. Okay. So, boom, that's going to have to be done. So, set the date, and then I just had to find the venue. I was like, okay, found the venue. Now I just got to find the speakers. Okay, found the speakers. Like, okay, now I got to find the, you know, now I got to sell these tickets, you know. So, like, kind of breaking it down to um, manageable pieces versus like saying like, Oh, I want to have this big thing. Um, and then just being overwhelmed with the bigger picture idea. Like what can I, what is the bigger picture? Why do I want to do this? Who will this impact? And then break it down into small bite-sized pieces of why you, you know, how you can actually get it done. Um, and then when you surround yourself with those action-oriented people, um, one, you're probably going to get tired of seeing them getting things done and you're not getting things done. Um, and they're going to say, hey, what about blah, blah, blah thing that you said you were going to do this week? Um, so those are two ways that I kind of hold myself accountable because I definitely am a visionary and not necessarily <laughs> the greatest at execution mm -hmm. but um finding those people who who um, are action oriented has been helpful and then saying okay okay here's this big thing that i want to do what's the first step okay you want to write a book first thing you got to do is like write the book right like oh <laughs> um, okay got that done like now i can figure out the next pieces of this so um, just breaking it down into bite-sized pieces so you're not overwhelmed because a lot of things that stifle us is 
it's sometimes it's fear and then sometimes it's just the idea that it's so big that it can't mm-hmm. actually be accomplished. Oh, that's really good. Because it, it's really helping me because I'm like, I am <laughs> such that dreamer, that visionary. But yet, I'm me like, too. Dang, I'll be waiting to the last minute. So, you know, all my TC listeners, I appreciate y'all coming to these events. And y'all be like, now, Lakeisha, you only giving us like two weeks notice, girl. Like, <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> I'm one of those people, too. I'm just trying to get better at it. And I have yes. to, you know, you, you just have to own it. Once you own it, yes. you can say, OK, what can I do to get around the people who are not? you know, who are not this way that are action oriented. I'm not detail oriented at all because I am a mm. bigger picture person. Yeah. So I had to start hanging with people and say, Oh, but what about this? Or what, you know, like legalities? Like what's that? Like that's <laughs> my mind does not even go there. Like my, I'm like, Oh, let's like build this building. They're like, you need like, you know, a crew and you have to like get this. And I'm like, Oh, that too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but really finding those, finding those people to get around that are, you know, not necessarily just like you and you guys can feed off of each other because they need the visionaries just like you need the action, action pieces. So mm-hmm. I love that. So build, building your team. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, build, yeah. Your team. build your team. And it doesn't have to cost you money to build a team. Find good people, find dope mm-hmm. people around you. Find dope people on the Internet. There's lots of dope people on the Internet willing to support you. Get in a group. You know, there's plenty of accountability groups, all kinds of things. So yeah. I love that. I love that because I think, you know, some people may be like, well, I don't have anybody, um, you know what I mean? Like physically mm-hmm. here that I trust or who, you know, really supports what I'm doing. But to know that there are groups and, and to connect with people online, because literally um, a lot of my guests have been people in other states. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just, you know, maybe it's just the profession and um, what I what I'm trying to do and what I envision the evolving chair being um you know definitely you guys have been supporting this brand like (laughs) absolutely I'm all for other people who kind of have that same same lane as me like that we're just trying to help people live their best life that's all we're trying Mm -hmm. to do there's seven billion people I don't even know how many people are on the planet there's a (laughs) lot of people on the planet and you know I can't do it by myself you can't do it by yourself you know 10 of us couldn't do it you know even if we all got together and started working on it. So we do really have to support other people who are just trying to make this world a better place. Cause there's plenty of people trying to t- tear it down too. So yeah. um, we just gotta, you know, be okay with banding together and supporting one another. Yes. I love it. I love it. And just before we head off, I want to remind people that I do have my live show holiday event coming up December 2nd. Rashawn Miller is coming all the way from North Carolina and he will be talking about mental wellness, relationships, his new book, Injured Reserve. And, you know, I think I'm getting like the first interview. So, you know, look, I made it, mama. Yes. And I want to thank my special guest, Miss Letitia Carr. And as you guys know, I will have her information on my website at www.theevolvingchair.com. And I just want to leave you guys with this, keeping in mind that 98% of people do not fulfill their dreams and they die without fulfilling their dreams. So I guess ask yourself, do you want to be that 98% or do you want to be that 2%? So until next time, peace. Hey, TEC listeners, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and rate this podcast. You can send me emails with questions, comments, and feedback to TECpodcast2017 at gmail.com. 
on Twitter at TEC Podcast 2017, IG at TEC Podcast, Facebook, The Evolving Chair Podcast, or check out my website at www.theevolvingchair.com. So go listen to me on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play.